0: Hello, I'm DeWayne McCreary. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible. Thank you for joining us today for our podcast. My guest today is Drew Dixon. Drew, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about the role you play here at LifeWorks?
1: Yeah, so I'm essentially the team leader for Explore the Bible students. I oversee um, kind of that project from start to finish each quarter and uh, also work on the student publishing team, just uh, leading various projects, so I'll do about five or six. Short-term project, what we call short-term projects, yeah. meaning they're kind of one-off Bible studies yeah. as opposed to what we do, which is every week,
0: you know, ongoing. Long so. one. There's going to be another one next yeah, week yeah. and the next yeah. week and next week, but that may not be the case with the small, with the yeah. short-term. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for being with us today. Today, we're looking at Session 10, which is our study of Ephesians 5, 1 through 14. The main idea in this passage is that we are to emanate, imitate Christ by demonstrating His love and character. Verses 1 through 2 of chapter 5, Paul calls on his readers to be imitators of God, uh, just like a child would imitate his or her father. Uh, This imitation includes expressing God's sacrificial love to all people. He then moves on in verses 3 through 7, counseling his readers to remove themselves from activities or groups that display behavior contrary to God's character. Then he ends this particular passage, section in verses 8-14, through with challenging his readers to live as light in a dark world, producing acts that are pleasing to God and then expose ungodly actions. Two of the big things here in in this passage are gonna be business ethics and then our social responsibility. So Drew, I want us to talk about that in just a moment. But first of all, I want us to think about the Bible skill that's in the resources. The Bible skill calls for us to paraphrase the prohibitions that we find in verses one through fourteen, and do it in a in a positive command. For example, we may say "love one another" as opposed to "don't hate." Uh, whatever the commands are here in the passage, we are to try to uh, word them in a positive way, make them a positive imperative, which gives us a little bit different view. Uh, just thinking about that activity, what would be some of the advantages of wording a prohibition in the positive as opposed to the negative?
1: Sure, yeah. Well, I think it helps us to um, realize our calling as Christians. You know, the great, the great commandment, which is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. And I think sometimes we can misread the kind of commands Paul gives here as like, oh, there's this huge list of things that we're not allowed to do or we shouldn't do, like this list of no-no's, right? But in reality, like if we'll take seriously Paul's calling and if we we put these in the positive, we'll realize these commands are life-giving and good. And so if I'll think about sexual morality, for instance, he says, let that not even be named among you. So instead of um, worrying about, you know, constantly worrying about whether I've slipped up, which we should, we should certainly consider, um, I can think about how can I honor. So I'm I, I'm I'm a man. How can I honor sisters in Christ? How can I make sure my interactions with them are pure and, and respecting them as fellow image bearers um, rather than um, objects, uh, you know, sexual objects. So um, so yeah, I think putting these in the positive helps us see um, how these commands are designed to help us um, love God more and love our neighbor and honor our neighbor.
0: Really, the imitation of God sums up all those kinds of things. If we love God, mm-hmm. then we will try to imitate him because that's who we love. Then the, the do's and don'ts kind of take care of themselves in that sense because we're going to try to honor yeah. the one we love. Um, I mentioned the, the business ethics and the social responsibility here. Um, a lot of discussion have been uh, in, in recent years about the idea of who we partner with. Simon Sinek in his book, Start With Why, deals with that. Uh, the statement out of that book is, uh, people don't buy what you sell, they buy what you believe. And so that's been one of these conversations that's been going on in the business world right now. Mm-hmm. And here we have Paul uh, talking about not partnering with darkness in verse 7. How do we do that in a practical way in our world today?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I think Paul's primary focus seems in the text to be, you know, because he's also going to tell us to shine his light. He says you are light. That's who you are. He also says you are a dearly loved child. So Paul, one of the big themes in in Ephesians is identity. So Paul's calling the church in Ephesus, which by the way lived in a very pagan area, uh, a very pagan culture that worshipped all kinds of false gods.
0: You could find almost any religion you wanted to. Yeah, carry.
1: yeah, and there was even you know some immoral practices involved in worshiping those false gods. And so Paul's not telling these people in Ephesus to like stop living in Ephesus or to to not have any dealings with people, with the pagan people of Ephesus. If they were, how could they be light? How could the light that they're shining for Christ expose any darkness like he tells us to? And so I think what he's saying is don't participate, he says don't participate in their fruitless works. So this isn't to say you can't have any business dealings with, with non-believers or people who are living a sinful lifestyle. Um, that would keep you from having business dealings with anyone, (laughs) right? Like, I think what he's saying is be very careful to understand your identity is you are a dearly loved child. You are light. So in the way that you interact with these people, make sure you're you're different. You
0: represent God well in that that partnership.
1: Yeah, the way you interact in those business dealings is is gospel-shaped as opposed to um, self-focused or just trying to get ahead or just trying to make... Make the best deal.
0: So, how you make decisions as a business person, um, how that partnerships form to begin with, all those kinds of things are done in light of who we are as believers and who we are in Christ. Yeah, that'd absolutely. be the best way to say that. Yeah, I think so. Um,
1: yeah, if we we'll, if we we'll double down on our identity, and even in this this whole passage is rooted in identity, because Paul says, "Be imitators of God," which sounds like a insanely difficult command. Like I always read that command and go like. Okay, I can't do that. But then he says, as dearly loved children. So remember, you are dearly loved by the God of the universe and he he's committed to you, he has loved you, he has sent his son to die for you. And if we we'll understand that, that changes who we are. We can step into dealings with people of all different shapes and sizes and, and types and backgrounds um, with a focus to please our heavenly father because we're ultimately his children.
0: I'm thinking through this. Uh- our failure sometimes to rightly partner with other people may be really our failure to understand our identity with Christ.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, That may be more important than the do's and don'ts, is understanding that identity in this structure. Yeah, definitely. We've talked about light, talked about exposing. Here here Paul talks about this in verse 11 about us exposing the darkness. Uh, We had talked about this in session 8, uh, where in chapter 4, verse 15, uh, Paul says we are to speak the truth in love. Uh, how does that help us understand this balance between exposing and loving? Where is that balance, Drew? What, mm. how, do you, how do you help us with that thought?
1: Yeah, it's difficult because, you know, we, we have to think is Paul saying expose the fruitless, sinful lifestyles of the pagan culture around us? Or is he saying, expose this within the church um so like if there's sin that's that's corrupting the church's witness that's keeping the church from shining from living out its identity as the light of jesus in the in a dark world um and it's it's really hard to tell in this in this passage but we do know this is a letter to a book i mean to a book (laughs) this is a letter to a church to a group of believers right right And so um, I think back to what Paul said in in 1 Corinthians 5. You know, he's dealing with this this issue of sexual morality in the church at Corinth. And he says, um, I'm not telling you to disassociate yourself with this unrepentant, you know, boastful, this guy who's boasting in his sexual morality. I'm not telling you to disassociate with all people that are like that. I'm telling you to disassociate yourself with people who are like that in the church. And so... I think we start there and say, um, you know, as these kind of issues come up in the church, we need to be clear on where we stand on them and love. I mean, this is an act of love. Love those people enough who are living in unrepentant sin to say, "Hey, the way you're living is wrong, and it's going to end in pain and destruction. It's 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 not it's not good the path you're headed down." Um, so I think you know when we when again, if we go back to the the beginning of this passage, which is about be imitators of God, um, love like which means loving people like Jesus mm-hmm. loved us, um, then we'll do those things. Because he talks
0: about being sacrificial and offering and all those type of things in connection to how we love God. In this. yeah,
1: yeah. Then we'll love people in the right way. So this whole exposing isn't just like going like, oh look, hey, you're a sinner, you're terrible. <laughs> it's it's no, I care about you. And I want you to to, to see, to, to live in a way that's life giving and good rather than than continuing down this destructive there's a, there's path.
0: A, being in the Western world, we tend to take it as an individual responsibility. But this was written to a group of people. So yeah. there's a corporate element mm-hmm. here as well. And how a corporation, how I have a body, um, makes sure that it as a body represents Christ, its yeah. identity is true as well. And not just oh, we're gonna we're gonna cast we're not gonna associate with anybody as individuals, mm-hmm. but rather we're going to make sure that that us as a body represent this identity as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of feel it kind of feels that's what Paul is saying here. Yeah,
1: I think so. And also just the context of the local church helps us with these things. Like as we just have relationship. I mean, just to apply this to the business world, because a lot of people are going to be thinking that route. They're like, okay, I get that we should expose like unrepentant sin in the context of the local church. We get that, but what about my dealings in the business world or, or or you know,
0: those kinds of things? A practice that may be accepted, but may not be ethical.
1: Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So, I don't
0: know what that would be, but something like that.
1: If we'll open up what's going on in our private business life to the local body of believers that we're living in community with, and say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with, other believers can help us think through how to best handle those situations. Um, I think that's a big theme in, in the Bible in general, but particularly here in Ephesians, Paul wants the believers here to, to love each other enough to, to share their lives you know, and say, hey, um, this is this ethical question I have about this business deal. Um, you're my brother in Christ. You love me. Help me think through it.
0: Help me wrestle with it. Yeah. Give me some insight. It reminds us of the value of being in a, in a Bible study group Mm-hmm. and being tied to a local congregation as well. Absolutely. Uh, one of the dangers here is that we could end up with this holier-than-thou attitude. Mm. Um, how, how can we safeguard ourselves from, from becoming a, a I'm better than you or having that kind of attitude in this world?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I go back to verses 1 and 2 again. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love. Um, are we rooting everything that we do in love? Because if I love people, if, if that's my heart, if I'm praying, God, help me love this person. Let's say there's someone that's going down a path that I think is dangerous. If I pray, God, help me love that person. I'm not gonna step into that conversation with this attitude of like, look how much better I am than you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so so yeah, if we'll root everything that we do in love, um, I think that keeps us from going down the path of like trying to prove how holy and great we are in comparison to other people.
0: If we focus on being an imitator of God, that holier-than-thou attitude tends to move out of our uh, psyche because yeah. part of who God is is he loves us enough to become one of us. Mm. Yeah, that's and, good. And thinking in those terms changes how we view our responsibility to this world. Mm. Um, who, you know, earlier in the the study, we've looked at. Here's what you were without Christ in chapter two. What you were, you were dead. Mm. We were just as dead as they were, but then we became alive because of our faith in Christ, mm. because of what He did for us on the cross. We have to keep in our in our mindset that the person that we're dealing with is someone who Christ loved, who even though they're dead, they could become alive, mm-hmm. and we have to treat them with that possibility. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think the gospel challenges us to see the potential in the people around us. You know, um, yes, we are dead in sin apart from Jesus, but also like look what I mean. Think about yourself. If you're if you're a Christian, think about the miraculous work of redemption god's done in your own heart and and think about god's potential to do that in the hearts of the people around you um and that will like the gospel radically reshape how you interact with people and it like you said i mean it keeps us humble
0: yeah it, it, um we don't deserve it at that yep. point and we got to keep that in mind anything else you would share with us about this particular passage as we look forward to teaching it looks to teaching it this sunday
1: um, I think we've covered the the big notes um, you know I would get again just remind people to um, I, I love that Bible skill I'd just encourage people to double down on that um, because that opens up those commands in a whole new way to just say like hey, these commands this is th- these are opportunities they're not just rules that feel oppressive they're opportunities of Hey, here's how. This is our vocation as believers to do these things, to to live, and in, instead of being greedy, to be generous. Instead of using our words to um, cut other people down or to to um, to you know say things that are inappropriate, we can use our words to bless and encourage and build other people's up, other people up. I think I love that Bible skill because I think it opens up these commands to a, a
0: whole new um,
1: way of thinking about. Our, our calling as believers to be light
0: in this dark world. It gives us a way to, to define that identity, what yep. it means to be a, an imitator of Christ. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Because Paul says, be an imitator of Christ. Here's what it looks like.
0: Drew, thank you for being with us today. We appreciate the insights that you were able to give us into this particular part of Ephesians. Thank you much and God bless.